1: or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC.
0: Uh, Here's Pat Hardy from
2: hawkfanatic.com, Tom Suter, and Coach Don Patterson.
1: Morning, Donnie. Good morning, Tom. How are you? I am pretty good. Uh, Had a real nice but strange Christmas. How about you? Yeah, it's been
3: an unusual uh, Christmas season for all kinds of reasons, and... And Pat, I'm, I'm sure you were a little mystified with the basketball game up in the Twin Cities, but it's only one game. It's not a season, so we'll adjust and we'll figure out better ways to do it going forward.
4: Got to defend the three better, and I, I think they will. And sometimes the shots go in for the other team, and. Sh- I'm not ready to panic yet. It, like you said, Don, it's one game. they got 18 left. I do think they're going to win tomorrow. I really do. I think they're going to beat Northwestern tomorrow, but they better play well because Northwestern is for real. They are. Because I watched that game against Ohio State, and they it just felt like they were going to lose that game the whole time through. It just felt like – and then, boom, they find a way to win. So –
3: yeah, as I understood, the guy that went eight for nine from three had never made more than three in any game.
4: And he yeah. didn't score against St. Louis. Their biggest win of the year, he was didn't score, which to me is just – and then he comes out and gets 26. But, I mean, weird stuff like that happens. But now shifting to – um. Football, I will say I was not surprised at all. I'm not saying I told you so. You know where I've been on this thing, Tom. I never thought this game was
1: going to happen. No, you didn't.
4: Now Missouri is being blamed. What do you think, Don? I mean, a lot of Iowa fans and some people in the media are ripping Missouri, saying they were irresponsible. They should have stayed on campus. What do you you think? Eli, um, what's his name? Eli Drinkwitz? Drinkwitz?
3: Yeah, I don't really know anything about him. Um, I I will have to admit, I was uh, concerned that they uh, accepted the bowl bid, and uh, and just I'm just I was a little concerned just based on how the games had gone for them lately, mm-hmm. especially that game ten against Mississippi State. You know that was a one-sided win for Mississippi State, and that was a Mississippi State team that had two wins going into that game. So you would think the way they finished the season, they would think long and hard about even wanting to take on a team that was clearly on the upswing, and that would be Iowa.
4: That's what I think. I don't mm-hmm. think they ever really wanted to be in this game, but I think he could rationalize it by saying, listen, we just got done playing 10 games, a rough schedule during real tough times dealing with the virus and whatever. I just wanted to give them a few days off to go home with family. They haven't been with them. But the argument with that is, well, Iowa didn't go home. They. I get both sides to it. I just It's to the point now where I'm like – yeah, it's disappointing, but hey, you still played eight games. You won six of them. Davion Nixon became a star. There's a lot of good stuff. So, Don, do you care, do you prefer to look at the good? Or, I mean, what do you think? How do you think? What do you would your advice be for fans right now?
3: Well, coaches are optimists by nature. You know, for us, the glass is always half full. It's never half empty. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of a lot of positives that come out of this season, and and I'm sure the good news is we're going to finish. This season on an upbeat, mm-hmm. uh, I honestly think the Missouri game might have been a beat down Even you know, I, I think Without our question. guys were mm-hmm. excited about showing the college football world how well we were playing at the end of the year. You know, we were on an, uh, an uptick, and they were. Uh, it appears to be sliding backward. You know, so it would have been a good chance for us to to win a, a game in convincing fashion. So I'm disappointed we didn't have that opportunity. And yet, on a positive side, it means we didn't get anybody hurt during the game. And it means uh, if we have a normal spring football season, we'll have a lot of healthy players ready to go when spring rolls around. Yeah,
4: I thought Iowa was going to win by three. Even without Brandon Smith and Amir Smith-Marset, I think they would have been able to run the ball. Missouri's defense has just been horrendous this year. And like we said, I don't know how much they really wanted to be there. And some people were wondering, Don, did you think when the, when it was announced that it was canceled, did you think there were some people out there who actually thought Iowa might be able to find an opponent? I don't know. It's like there's just a team just waiting around to play a bowl well, game.
1: Well, UAB is available. Yeah, but, available. but
4: what do you take, p- prepare for two well, days? You can't. That's what I said. That's it the just problem. Makes, you know, UAB was one team. Your thoughts on that, Don? Did you ever think there was a chance they made to throw somebody else in there?
3: Well, based on the fact that they only canceled yesterday, I, I thought it was impossible yeah. to pull it off it would be disrespectful to the process of playing football to mm-hmm. schedule a game and, and play it only a couple of days after you schedule it you know that's kind of crazy because even in the regular season of course you have a week to prepare for the next game typically so uh, it was uh, unfortunate if the cancellation would have been a couple of days earlier maybe we could have then uh, backed up a, a game date a day or two you know played it maybe on the the 31st or the 1st or the 2nd even, and, uh, and found a game to be played somewhere else. But based on the cancellation yesterday, I, I figured we were all out of luck there. So, Don,
4: when you looked, I know you looked at Missouri. I mean, they won five games. They, beat, they had a couple of impressive performances. But how, I mean, their defense, I mean, is it as bad as what it looks just from the numbers? I mean, what do you think, what do you think Iowa would have done to their defense?
3: Yeah. Uh, first off, I would um, maybe request to our athletic director, maybe if it's not too late, schedule Missouri <laughs> for game one next fall because I've got them all figured out. Okay. Uh, Makes sense. It would be a, it'd be a good non-conference game. Though. Oh, it would. Uh, maybe they're – yeah, I'm sure our schedules are all set on both ends. They are. But it's unfortunate that we can't play. The thing that was unusual about looking at Missouri, I looked at all 10 games, I looked at 22 – Parameters per game, so that's 220 evaluations. What was surprising about it is that in three different cases, the team that won the parameter won all 10 games. Uh, that's a little bit unusual. That it, the record would be 10 and 0 uh, in those three parameters. Those three parameters were total offense, uh, edge on first downs, and also edge on critical down. Conversion success. So mm-hmm. a real simple um, roadmap for success against Mizzou, even if you're playing them next fall, would be uh, gain more yards. That's simple enough. Make more first downs and, and be better on all critical downs. Um, and I don't think that's difficult to do because when you run the ball well on first and second down, you end up with a lot of short yardage critical downs. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you can convert those by another running play or by some kind of play-action pass. And maybe those play-action passes, of course, can be worth a lot of yards. <clears throat> so to beat them, do those three things. Beyond that, there are actually three more parameters that were 100%. They were not 10 and 0, they were 8 and 0, 8 and 0 and 6 and 0, and those three parameters were first quarter scoring, that was 100% of the time. 8 wins, no losses. Hmm. Or to be specific, all five teams that beat Missouri won the first quarter. So that's a, a clear pathway to success there and then beyond that look at explosive plays that was 100% that was 8 and 0 look at super explosive plays that was 6 and 0 so beat them with big plays uh win the first quarter and then beyond that just make more yards more first downs and be efficient on critical downs so that may sound like a lot but to me that's a pretty simple uh simple game plan and one I'm confident we could have been able to carry out.
4: You know, the other thing with Missouri, if you look, they played three really good teams from the SEC and none of the games were close. I mean, they just weren't even right. they just weren't even competitive. So I mean that's why I mean, yeah, it's disappointing that they didn't play, but this I mean I mean there's worse. can we all agree that there's worse things than having this game Canceled. I mean, it's bad. Oh, but sure. I mean, this as far as bowl games, though. This, but I have heard that there was a decent amount of Iowa fans that were going to be at this game. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it sounds like there may have been maybe three, five thousand Iowa fans that were going to be at this game. Does that surprise you guys?
1: No,
3: it doesn't surprise me at all. Realizing that this would be the only opportunity all season for the average um, fan to be able to watch them play in, in person. True.
4: No, that's a good point. And, You're
3: right. And, and the drive is not that significant, so anybody that that um, is frustrated that they couldn't travel like they normally do. Mm-hmm. It'd be a s- simple matter to get in the car, it'd be a uh you could you could just make it a one night stay and um 'cause I know people are a little bit anxious about checking in and out of motels that they don't know much about either but but um you could drive down on one day, spend the night, watch the game, and if you needed to be back in that same night
4: so Don, were you worried at all that the bombing? was going to impact the bowl game. And I briefly thought, cause it was pretty close to where it's like a block and a half away from the stadium.
3: Yeah. I did wonder about that, but um, it sounds like, you know, we're confident that there's not going to be any no. kind of follow up action. I'm sure everybody in Nashville is on alert, uh, looking for anything and everything that might be a little bit out of, out of the ordinary, but uh, I wasn't concerned about, about that canceling the game. I, I was confident that with, um, with the FBI, among others the FBI there to to take a long hard look at what happened. I was confident that they would be able to control any um anything that might crop up before the game.
4: And I really wasn't worried about like another bomb. This sounds like this was an isolated incident. Yeah, I was just does. wondering just about the just the basic structure and just obviously I don't know the area where this bomb happened. Captain, you mean are those places all open for business? All those nightclub places are there banned what's going on in
2: there? They some of them were, depending on if they could socially distance, some of them were. But, okay, but been, it was not normal. No, okay, they, no, they've been through, you know, the tornado, a couple the of tornadoes. Um, they didn't get a derecho. But they well, got, the
4: mayor said they did. I heard him say, you know, we got a two, tor- derecho. He said, he goes, we've had two tornadoes and a derecho. And I remember thinking, wow, no. I didn't realize the derecho. I didn't hit. realize I didn't either. realize it either, but I just heard him say it on well, TV. And, and then they had the COVID. No, this
2: is a that street uh leads right to printers alley mm-hmm. and uh the buildings are structurally um screwed now the i it, it's a mess it's a terrible uh terrible mess yeah, it's unfortunate. But, you know i knew that they were going to ca- this guy i knew they were going to catch him real quick and, and and they and they did um you just can't be that visual and not leave not leave traces. No, that's true.
1: Well, they didn't c- catch him per se. No, he's they gone. figured out who they he figured was. out yeah. who he was. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. So, oh, so yeah.
5: Don,
4: I wonder. Um, Amir Smith, Marset, and Brandon Smith both. And I'm not surprised. I mean, no. like we don't even know if Amir would have been healthy enough to play. Brandon Smith. What's amazing though, and I is the fact that Davion Nixon. It's from all. Science was going to play in that bowl game and i to me that says something about his loyalty i mean what what do you think about that don because if anyone on that team is assured of going high in the draft right now it's davion nixon and it doesn't sound like he had any intention of not playing in this game
3: yeah it warms my heart because it reminds me of the players we had for 20 years when we were here i think in general um players nowadays are a little more um a little more um What's the best word to describe it? A little more concerned with their own their own mm-hmm. state rather sure. than their team. Uh, maybe not as team oriented as, as players were a decade or two or three ago. And um, that's just the, the world we live in. You know, everybody's a little more inner focused maybe than sure. than they are on in terms of team aspects. Uh, but uh, I I wouldn't shocked to to see that Davian appeared to play, want to play in the game and. And um, you can't. I always like to say you you can't run scared. You know the best way to to get injured is to worry about being injured. Mm-hmm. And you go out and you play, and and uh, some players are, are susceptible to injuries. You know, I, running backs come to mind first and foremost. Quarterbacks maybe because they're exposed to a lot of blindside hits at times, and the opponent might get flagged. But in, in their mind, if the quarterback's put out of the game, then that might be worth 15 yards. Um, maybe not an ejection, that's another story mm-hmm. targeting, of course, that's uh, a story that can be saved for another day. But uh, I was really happy to hear T- Davian. He really values being out there with his teammates, and I'm you not saying the other guys do not. No, I know. It's just a difference, difference of opinion with with what's important. You could argue that in the case of Smith-Marset, of course, there'd be a chance he would aggravate sure. that uh, ankle injury, and um, and of course, the draft is not that far away, so um, he wanted to to do well in all the testing, and we all understand that. So uh, I, I just appreciated both the comments of, of Brandon and Amir about how much it meant for them to, to play for Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have to mm-hmm. believe those comments were sincere, you know, because Iowa fans are second to none. We all know that. And, uh, and the relationships that uh, even to this day, you know, on, on Facebook, I have all kinds of Facebook friends that played for us in those twenty years here at Iowa, and for that matter, Facebook friends from Western Illinois and from Buffalo and from mm-hmm. UConn also. So those relationships are strong. You know, the, there's a huge sacrifice that goes into playing college football, whether you're a player or a coach, and the relationships you you develop um, will probably last you the rest of your life. Uh, I, I know all kinds of players that played for us back in the '80s and '90s. That are are um, lifelong friends, and they get together every chance they have, and it matters a lot to them how Iowa football does. So, in that regard, they're they're proud former players.
1: So, in in a year like this, coach, you have the seniors have an opportunity to have another year if they choose, um, and you hear so many times, you know, gosh, what I would give to. to put that uniform on one more time, you know. So with that in mind and all the time that they put into it for five years for some of them, is that that why you don't see a lot of people opting back in for the last year?
3: You know, my guess is some guys might decide still that haven't decided yet to go for an extra year. Uh, I think for that to happen, you know, school has to be worthwhile. So unless you have any desire to earn a graduate degree, uh, you might decide to move on, maybe you've already got a good job lined up, you know as a mm-hmm. result of your four year degree or five year degree and um on the other hand, if you're thinking seriously about grad school all the all the time, what better thing to do than go to grad school in an extra year? Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if some guys that that are officially seniors right now, if they don't choose to come back um will see maybe the fact that they didn't get to play this last game will um Will cause them to wonder if they might if they might want to stick around for another year? It just depends, I think, on what they 've got lined up for the future. If they have a good job opportunity already lined up, then we certainly understand that they need to get started on the career after football. Well,
4: mm-hmm. I think one example would be Caleb Schutek. Mm-hmm. I would think he would come back duncan 's already said he 's leaving Caleb can come back and be their full time Kicker next year, and that's like an audition to show I mean, to show what he can do.
1: And I wonder if maybe uh, Zach Van Valkenburg would he's be a He's another one. He would
4: be a possibility to Heflin. Yeah. Those would be like Alaric Jackson. No, he's not going to. He was another one I wanted to mention, Don. Um, he's a fifth year senior, and he was going to play in that bowl game. I mean, that. Yeah, and, and he, exactly. And he is going to be drafted. I don't know if he's going to be a first round pick, but I'll be surprised if he's below a third round pick. So, And he was yet, yeah, and he still was going to play in that bowl game. I thought that says something about him, too.
3: Yeah, it really does. It really does. It just says that the culture's the way it should be, that it's important to these players to not let down their teammates and not let down their coaches.
4: You know, and then one of the more interesting things from Kirk's Zoom thing yesterday was he was asked about his future, and he said he's more on a five-year plan than a five-week plan. And I get that. A lot of people are you – know, I've had some people God, you really think he thinks he? – well – no matter if he thinks that he's got to say that because if teams right. teams are going to recruit against them, if they, well, look, if the coach isn't even willing to say he's going to be here during the time you you basically have to say four or five years, don't you, Don? Just to offset the recruiting negativity, don't you?
3: Well, yes, I think so. I, I know this as Coach Fry got older. It became more and more difficult to recruit oh, because that the opposing teams are readily acknowledged. they would say, "Yes, Hayden Fry is a great football coach, but do you honestly think he's going to be there for your four or five years?" You know, the man's sixty-nine years old or seventy years old, however old he was mm-hmm. as he finished, and and um, it did become more difficult to recruit as time went on. And and um, Kirk is a very healthy sixty-five year old. It's it's certainly realistic that he would coach until he's seventy. Let's just remind people that Bill Snyder retired at 77. Um, so, you know, if Kirk's having, having fun and enjoying the people he's working with and the players he's working with, and it doesn't surprise me that he might want to continue.
4: And a lot, it just if he keeps winning, I mean, it's, I mean, that's the, that'll be one of the driving narratives. I mean, this year. I mean, the way they played on the field, of course it doesn't fix everything that's happened off the field, but you notice they've kind of shifted the narrative away from that. Iowa fans are happy with the product that was on the field this year. That's the challenge, right, Don? I mean, you just got to keep producing a quality
3: team. Yeah, you have to find a way to keep winning. You know, nobody's going to like you very well if the the wins aren't there. Uh, So um, it really just boils down to results on the field. If you can find a way to scratch out wins – one after another, um, and we've always said no such thing as a bad win. Uh, you know, you might not get many style points as a result of certain games, but in the end, the only numbers that stick in people's minds are those wins and those losses.
4: No, you're right about that. I, I happened to wake up early the, yesterday, and what was on the 1986 Holiday Bowl? <laughs> Big Ten Network was playing it back, and what a, I didn't realize that you guys were you guys were down 28 to 13. Late in the third quarter, it looked like you guys were going to lose that game, and then man, was Kevin Harmon big down the stretch. That, and I just forgot yes, how was. that kickoff returned. by—I thought the game was over when they made that field goal. To it was thirty-eight, thirty-six, and then Kevin Harmon returned it to like their what to their
3: forty-yard line almost, done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, that's a good example. You know, you're you're down, but you're not out. Yeah, exactly. And one difference in one difference in us and Missouri. Missouri didn't really show a lot of fight. You know, if they if they got behind, mm-hmm. then that was pretty much the end of it. I don't think they came from behind to beat anyone, if I recall. Um, and Iowa, on the other hand, you know, had good third-quarter scoring, fourth-quarter scoring. Mm-hmm. That's a good sign, you know, if, you, um, if you're able to be successful beyond the first half. If you actually are able to catch up and pass teams in the second half, that's a good sign, of course, for the kind of character and the kind of um, the kind of grit that you have
1: within your team. Well, The reason I remember that game so much is uh, I was in University Hospital waiting to have back surgery the next day. So I watched the game, went to sleep, and then had back surgery the next what day. What was wrong with your back? I had uh, blown out a uh, disc, and uh, I had to have a discectomy and a laminectomy. Mm. Yeah, it was bad, but boy, it solved all my problems.
3: Interesting. Yeah, now yeah. that '86 game you're talking about in in the uh, Holiday Bowl, that was against San Diego State, right? Yes, yes, yep. Yeah, what made that significant, of course, is that was a home game for them.
4: Yeah, you're right. They were good. And, I mean, Todd uh, Santos was a good quarterback.
3: Yeah, yeah, they had a good, solid team. That was
4: a good win. No, it was a good win, and it was just interesting for me because my high school classmate George Davis was starting at middle linebacker. Jimmy Morrow played some at wide receiver. I mean, I it was just it was just um I knew a lot of the guys playing, and it was, no, it was a fun game to watch. I mean, it was a, what was, I couldn't remember, though, Don, was a lot of the handoffs and stuff, the way you guys used Rick Bayless was way different than Hay- Hayden used Cedric Fraught. It seemed like with Cedric, it was more of just your typical eye formation, hand him off, left. but with Bayless, you guys did a lot of misdirection, and it was just it really interesting, all the different misdirections you did to get Rick Bayless running room.
3: I will admit, I think I've got maybe thirteen Iowa games archived from our 20 years. Uh, The beauty of the Big Ten Network, of course, they have a lot of those replays, Mm -hmm. and I think those are typically the full game. They're not even the condensed hour version. They're typically, you know, two and a half or three hours, uh, covering even all the commentary that that the announcers might have. Uh, It is fun to watch them because you can see that. Over a period of time, football changes. Uh, the really successful coaches adjust to the p- people that they have. Sure. And that's a prime example that you mentioned is Rick Bayless versus
5: Cedric, uh, Shaw. Versus
3: Cedric Shaw. You know, they're different, different skill set there a little bit. And just minor changes, but still uh, changes that, are, that give your players the best opportunity for success.
4: The other thing, too, is Kevin Harmon basically got beat out by Rick Bayless. I mean, I obviously I wasn't there. I was a senior in college when all this stuff was going on. But Kevin Harmon, because they said on the bowl broadcast that he was the starter, expected to be the starter. Brick Bayless beat him out. But Kevin still obviously stuck with it, stayed the course, because when you guys needed him in that bowl game, he was there to deliver. I think that says a lot about him.
3: Yeah, we've always told guys through the years, that's what's frustrating about the transfer portal nowadays. And it seems like it typically happens at quarterbacks. If you if you become the second team quarterback, either because someone else performs better than you or you really falter, then your tendency is to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And and um, the way we always sold it, of course, if you're second team, that means you're one play away from being in the game. And even if you're third team, your mentality has to be that you're only two plays away from being in the game. And we had all kinds of examples. One of my favorites that you're familiar with is Anthony Dean.
5: Sure,
3: uh, Anthony Dean was a backup to Dana and Hughes against wisconsin years and years ago Uh, danon actually broke the career receiving record that day against the badgers uh, shortly before he sprained his ankle uh so in in the game goes uh, the backup that no one knew anything about sitting in the stands. no one knew anything about anthony dean Uh, the players knew and the coaches knew and anthony dean ended up being the hero of the game um you know caught the the last touchdown to put us within within one, and then also caught the two-point play. So that. And caught a couple of balls on that last drive to win the game. So um, he was ready. He was ready to play when his opportunity came, and he took full advantage of it. He was not as good a player as Dan and Hughes, uh, but he was good enough to, to perform well for us and to provide us with all kinds of key plays.
4: We had Anthony on the radio a while back. Yeah, what a he great was great. Man. He's a great man, yep. and I've always... Really respected him and enjoyed talking to him. And well, Don, you and I we texted, and you said that you had done a little. Uh, hopefully, Iowa fans will bear with us here. I think it's worth. You got a little info on the little analytics on the Iowa State bowl game. I'm kind of curious. What, oh, sure, absolutely. Just what, what do you think? Just what do you have? What do you think's going to happen? Who do you think's going to win?
3: Well, I'm grateful to Missouri for uh, canceling yesterday early enough so that I could actually turn my attention to Oregon. Oregon only had six games they played this fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like I mentioned a week ago, they weren't even supposed to be in the Pac-12 <laughs> championship game and until Washington had to cancel. They weren't even going to be playing in it. They were the, the backup team from the north. Uh, but they won that game against Southern Cal. So now they're 4-2. and two. So in their case, I looked at 22 parameters in each of six games. Uh, not as clear-cut as the Missouri numbers, but still some stuff I think that can really uh, – Uh, prepare any Iowa State fan for the game uh, as it's about to be played. Uh, In those six games, there was no parameter that was six for six in predicting a winner. There were three, however, that were five for six. So in five of the six games, the team that, that won on third quarter scoring, the team that won with the most rushing attempts, and the team that had critical down conversion success won five out of six games. Um, Those are all interesting numbers. Incidentally, in third-quarter scoring, uh, Oregon is more than 2-1 to on third-quarter scoring. Um, So it's critical that they not be allowed to win the third quarter. Matter of fact, the thing I do after I look at at, uh, any parameter that might be 100% overall games, I go back and look at the games that Oregon won, or for that matter, the games that Oregon lost. Uh, Let me give you an example. The only parameter that Oregon won in all four of their wins was third-quarter scoring. So it is critical that you not allow them to win the third quarter. That's one reason they've been able to win games is they've outscored people more than two to one in the third quarter. Um, And then to go one step further, what about zeroing in on Oregon State and Cal? Those are the two games that Oregon lost. And in those two games, both Oregon State and Cal won six different parameters all of which have a common theme. Let me just run through them quickly. Rushing attempts, average starting field position, time of possession, critical down conversion success, turnover margin, and more offensive plays. And the way I could summarize all six of those parameters, those parameters all relate to being sure that Oregon uh, is not on the field with their offense as much as you are on the field with your offense. that That probably makes sense to a lot of people they do have an explosive offense we'll talk about that here in a minute but one of the things you better do one of the simple things to do is keep their offense off the field so in the case of Iowa State that means you've got to control time of possession with your offense you've got to grind out first downs make first downs and if I had to pull it down to two priorities in winning it would be this um keep their offense off the field. There's ways to do that. You went on rushing attempts. You went on total plays. You went on time of possession. These all go hand in hand. You went on critical downs, and that's twofold. It means you're going to convert when you have third down, and you're going to prevent them from converting when they have third down. Now, that's a priority for Iowa State, I would say, because Oregon's good at, at critical down conversions. They were 47% over their six-game season. Their opponents were only 38%, so that's a significant difference in critical down conversions. Uh, Obviously, you better put a little extra time in figuring out how to defeat their third down plays on offense. And for that matter, of course, you've got to be able to convert successfully with your own offense. Uh, So if you do those things, that's going to have a lot to do with winning, keep their offense off the field. Uh, stay on the field when you when you have the ball. And then to back that up, eliminate super explosive plays. Let me explain again what super explosive plays are. Those are plays that are 30 yards or more. And when I looked at all six games, Oregon had a decided edge there. Let me explain it. Over their six games, they had 15 plays that were not explosive but super explosive. Uh, explosive would be 20 yards or more. Super explosive is 30 yards or more. On those 15 plays, Oregon averaged the average super explosive play was forty four and a half yards. Yeah. Uh, the reason that's significant is because they only gave up eleven of them while they generated fifteen of them with their own offense. Here's another way to look at it. Fifteen of those plays were worth six hundred and sixty eight yards of total offense. Wow. That's more than that's more than a fourth of their total offense in those fifteen plays. Wow. So you got to defeat them. you got to prevent big plays. Now the good news for Iowa State fans, Iowa State does a good job of preventing big plays. Uh, they'll have to do it against a very explosive Oregon team. Oregon uh, does have a c- capacity to run the ball; they got a decent running game. But the thing that would scare me the most about Oregon is them contributing big plays to their offense. So you got to find a way to control those those chunk plays, if you will. Uh, and uh, if you can do that, you're going to eliminate. A fourth of their offense i'd say this if Iowa State plays all day long and does not give up any super explosive plays i'd be willing to bet you that they win the game because that's more than one fourth of their offense is just big plays
4: how are they against stopping the run because i mean obviously iowa state's going to want to run with Brees mm-hmm. hall how's oregon's defense on that
3: they're just they're okay they have better rushing average on offense than they give up on defense as i recall they gave up 4.2 yards uh per rushing attempt Uh, But to put that in perspective, some of these West Coast teams I don't think are as committed to the run as Iowa State is. So Uh, I think it's realistic that Iowa State can have a goal of controlling the ball uh, with the running game primarily with uh, good ball control passing, which they also have working for them. That will give them a good opportunity to stay on the field and grind out some, some significant drives. When I say significant, I mean drives that cover a lot of yards and burn a lot of clock. And um, that's a realistic goal for them. I would be inclined if I got the if I won the coin toss, I'd take the ball because I I'd, I'd want to score first yeah. against these guys uh, and um, and show early on that you're going to have a hard time getting our offense off the field. You know, if Iowa State can run the ball effectively and mix in, of course, their tight ends are all good players. They're a lot like Iowa with Iowa's tight ends. So tight ends can of course the Iowa State tight ends do a good job of attacking seams. They're all big targets and you can get some chunk plays throwing the ball to your tight ends too, just like we can with Laporta. Laporta's good. Um and I shouldn't I shouldn't forget to mention Sean Byer caught some balls down the mm-hmm. field too. So um, you know, both teams have that in their favor. So, I think um I think that's what the game's gonna boil down to is don't allow a lot of super explosive plays on the part of Oregon's offense and be able to control the ball. Uh, One last stat I'll mention that's also significant, turnover margin. They're minus five on turnovers. Uh, They're actually, even on pass interceptions, they threw five and the opponents threw five. But where the disparity shows up is in lost fumbles. Oregon lost seven fumbles. Opponents only lost two. So that's another way, of course, to control time of possession is to generate turnovers with your defense because obviously that's an, uh, uh, a shortened uh, offensive opportunity uh, for the other team. So, uh, win on turnovers, that's important, of course. Eliminate big plays, control the ball with um, your offense, and that's going to give you a uh, a great chance for success.
4: So, what's your gut feeling, Don?
3: I think I Iowa State will win the game. So do uh, I. I really do. Uh, I think they're motivated. Uh, they're uh Uh, Who knows what? Oregon's only played six games. You know, one problem with playing six games, uh, good teams, uh, Coach Bill Brazier used to always say, you need to get better, you get worse. You don't stay the same. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think Iowa State's got any number of players that have gotten better over the season. You know, they were playing good football at the end of the year. What they did to to West Virginia in their last game was impressive. You know, I didn't know, I should say, their last regular season game. Um, Oklahoma got them in in the championship game. Of course, OU's improved a lot over the season too. So I think Iowa State's improved over their uh, eleven games that they've played. And uh, one way to look at it, Oregon hadn't had as many opportunities to improve; they've only got six.
5: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, that's a good point. So, have you looked at uh, Ohio State's matchup yet?
3: You know, I really haven't. Uh, I, I think that they uh, they certainly have their hands full. And uh, yep. Clemson, yep. Clemson's, uh, it, it appears to me that two teams are. Clearly better than the rest. Now that doesn't mean that both Clemson and Alabama are going to win, but I wouldn't want to bet against either one of them because it looks to me like those are the two best teams.
4: You think? Do you give Notre Dame a chance to even be competitive in this game, or do you think it's just going to be like forty-one to ten Alabama?
3: I do only because this is not this is not the traditional Alabama defense. Uh, you know, you can put mm-hmm. up points on Alabama; teams have done it, uh, but. um it's not going to be a low-scoring game because I don't think there's any way that that Notre Dame is going to slow Alabama down too much either. So it's going to be a high-scoring game. And, and when you're talking about a lot of points on both sides, then uh, the effect of a turnover margin is even greater yeah. because it, every, when you turn the ball over, of course, that's a lost opportunity to score. If you've been scoring points on half your possessions and the other team's been doing the same, yeah then that one lost opportunity could very well be the difference in the game.
4: I'm looking forward to that game. There's a a few bowl games that I'm really looking forward to, and that's definitely one of them. They're a fun team to watch. Don, I want to go back to the 86 – 86 um, Holiday Bowl, and it was weird after the game. I actually thought of you, Tom, after the game. They showed all the players and everybody celebrate, and there was Barry Alvarez hugging George Davis, and just. uh, You think Barry knew then he was gone because that was Barry's last game at Iowa? Do you think, or when did all that stuff with Notre? Did that all that stuff with Notre Dame happen after? What do you remember about that?
3: I certainly don't remember any um, any word within the staff that that uh, Alvy was taken off. You know when those bowl games roll around, of course you're you're there with your family and you sure. wanna have you wanna in your in your own crazy way, you wanna celebrate the the Christmas holidays at a bowl site but then beyond that your your entire focus is just on winning that bowl game uh, it may it may be hard for people to believe, but it's really important to the coaches and the players mm-hmm. to win every opportunity that they have so I didn't hear any rumors at all about Barry leaving um I do remember. Uh, George Davis very well. He had the perfect nickname that, that you may not be aware of, Pat
5: Bulldog. His
3: Bulldog, absolutely. Yes. <clears throat> he gave me my only. Con- I like to tell this.
4: Don, he gave me the I like only. I to tell the story that. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just, he just gave I me the. Only- to say- <laughs> no, go, go,
3: go. <laughs> there was, a, there was a, uh, a basketball player that played tight end for a very short time, and I can't can't remember his name. I'm trying to say. Hill. Kent
0: Hill. Uh, Kent, Kent Hill,
3: Hill yes. Is that right? Kent Hill? Yes. Mm Yep. Yeah, Kent Hill, you know, he was, uh, he was, uh, he looked really good in a basketball uniform. You know, he looked like a tight end in a basketball uniform. And so I do do remember this vividly. One day, uh, he comes out, you know, and we talked to him. He, I think he started it all by talking to us. And we said, well, why don't you give spring ball a try and let's see what happens? And I remember talking to him and, and, uh, We were running plays and running them a second time with a different group of players. So I I was able to say, okay, Kent, take a look here. We're going to run this play now, and we're going to turn around and put you in and run it after it's been run this first time. A little bit later here in the practice, we're going to put you in and run it. So he watched the other tight end run the play. And and so now here's Kent Hill's first play as an Iowa football player during spring ball. Uh, He's running a vertical route down the field. The the one thing I felt really badly about it because I failed to remind him, oh by the way, George Davis may try to take your head off <laughs> when you when you run by him. And sure enough, Kent's running down the field, and and George George is just playing football, but sure. clotheslines the tight end, and Kent Hill goes down in a heap. And and wouldn't you know it, he's injured on that very first play. Oh man, uh, I, I do remember his, that. spring career. Now, it turned out okay because I think at that moment, Ken Hill decided, you know what? I thought I might be a college football player. I'm pretty sure I'm a basketball player now. He went back to basketball, and he actually played better. I do remember that, you know, when he was just entirely focused on basketball. He didn't have to entertain any more thoughts about being a football player because George Davis convinced him that he was definitely not a football player.
4: (laughs) Yeah, George, um, he gave me the only concussion I've ever had, and I remember it was eighth grade. And I remember I'm like, I'm just going to take him on and see what happens. And I took him on, and I was done. And he wasn't dirty. He was just – I mean, George was six feet in sixth grade, and he never grew again other than just in muscle. And He was just a wrecking ball. I remember playing on – Yeah, he was
3: a very physical football player.
4: He was. And I remember playing our sophomore year. He was the starting fullback, and I started at tailback some. And I remember one game, I think I carried the ball once or twice, and I remember asking the coach – and he's like, cause we gave it to George Davis and he had ran for like, I mean, he literally was carrying four or five people down the field. He was just so physical. And I remember when Barry Alvarez came to recruit him at Dowling, George's locker was right next to mine. I remember meeting Barry Alvarez and then, you know, George was a three-year starter at Iowa too. He, I mean, he had quite the career, but it's just fun watching those old games. And Dan Worth was the other starting linebacker and Dan Worth went to the same junior high I went to. You remember Dan Worth, don't you? From Des Moines Hoover.
3: Oh yes, I do. I remember him well. Uh, You know, Dan Worth was uh, on paper as good as you could draw up. He he was, he was actually had a big frame even as you could. He was very athletic, had a big frame. Uh, But that's a good example. You know, George uh, didn't look the part as much as Dan did, but George was the better player. Yes, and. and just the more productive players. It's, it's uh, the thing I've learned through the years. Linebackers have to have some. Linebackers have a great sense for how to get to the football. Other guys struggle with that. Mm-hmm. And I think George had a better sense for how to get to the ball than Dan did.
4: Yeah, Dan Worth was six four, two hundred and fifty, chiseled cut. I mean, the guy. My dad was his PE teacher. His was two when he was at. Um, Meredith and I remember him talking. He goes, this kid is just a physical specimen. He is amazing and whatever. But I remember my dad, the first time my dad met George Davis, too, and watched him play football, he's like, that kid's going somewhere. He goes, he is so tough, and George was. I mean, and George was a hard worker, too. He worked extremely hard. He was one of the hardest workers I've ever been around. He knew what he wanted to do, and and he did it. I'll give him credit. Now, he wasn't good enough to play in the NFL. He wasn't fast enough. He wasn't big enough. But, boy, for you guys, he played good football for a lot of years.
3: Yes, he did. And he always had a very serious mindset toward the game. You know, he was determined to, to max out on his abilities, and he did a good job of that. He played a lot of productive football for us.
4: No, it was just fun watching that game. And I didn't realize, though, Don, how little Mark Vlasic. I, Mark Vlasic, one year starting, he had to deal with injuries. You know, he had to deal, and yet he sta- yeah. stayed the course and still came back and had a big win in the, in the bowl game. It was pretty cool.
3: I like to tell the story, as you recall, of course, Chuck was the runner-up for the Heisman in 85, and that winter after our after our season, I uh, ran into a Big Ten coach on the road, and he made a comment. He said, well, you know, we couldn't handle you guys this year, but Long and Harmon are graduating now, and we're going to be in good shape next year because Chuck Long's not going to be around to throw passes. And I said, no, he's not, but we got a guy that's been backing him up this past year that can throw better than Chuck. And uh, that was Mark Vlasic. Mark Vlasic was leading, I believe he was leading the nation in pass efficiency. Yeah. I know he was leading the, leading the Big Ten for sure in pass efficiency the day he was injured. And you might recall, my recall, he was injured against UTEP, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. It was uh, obviously Game 3 or Game 4 or something in the early season. We beat them something like fifty-nine to nothing. Or 59 sixty-nine, to 7
4: I think it was sixty-nine to seven or sixty-nine to nothing, something like that.
3: Yeah, here's the bad story: we got two key players injured in that game. Uh, David Hudson was also injured That's in right. that game, and it was about on a fifty-yard run, and um, it yeah. was a quadricep injury. It was really an unusual injury, but That's right. but he he basically blew out his quadriceps uh, running down the field. And, and in that same game, Mark Blaskic was injured, and. and uh, so Mark did play back. He came back to play in the bowl game, obviously, but he missed some, he missed some games in there. I can't remember how many, but he, I think he missed two or three games at least, mm-hmm. um, and it was unfortunate. And the rest of the story, of course, it does have a happy ending because Mark Blassie played a lot of football in the NFL. Yes, he did. He yeah. started a uh, lot of games. Yeah, he's not going to be eligible for the pro football hall of fame but he had a nice nfl career and has a lot to be proud of and if i'm not mistaken he's in kansas city now i think he finished up playing in kansas city Mm -hmm. makes that his home and and he's a very successful businessman
4: now. Yep, I've actually reached out to him and we've had some correspondence. I'm gonna get him on this show. He he, he I'm gonna make sure I get him on the show. I've got his contact information. And you just watched that eighty six bowl game, you can see why he played in the NFL. He made I mean he has got a he had a strong arm. Cannon for he could arm. make yeah. difficult throws. I mean there was a couple where I think he almost threw it too hard for the guys to catch, but you could just tell that he was NFL caliber quarterback just from that game.
3: Yeah, of course, he had the frame that everyone wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, he could, he could certainly um, – you might get some balls batted down regardless of how tall you are, but obviously if you're delivering the ball from a little higher platform, that's a good thing because you're a little less likely to get the ball batted down at the line of scrimmage.
4: So, Don, I want to ask you, do you think by this spring, are we going to be back to normal enough to where we're going to have spring football and maybe people still wearing masks? Or Do you think the vac- – what do you think? What do you think by April? What do you think we're going to be?
3: I think that's a realistic goal that we can have spring ball uh it depends of course on how these how these um vaccines will roll out, but it sounds like by the, by springtime uh, all the people that are in danger will be vaccinated by and I think by that i mean um the people that work at the hospital and for that matter, mm-hmm. of course the people that are my age and older. Uh, it's kind of hard to imagine that I'm in an endangered group but i guess i do qualify don't i <laughs>
5: yeah yeah <laughs> well
3: um yeah. unfortunately
4: so do i <laughs> i'm i'm happy to say i'm the only one in this discussion that doesn't qualify Although,
1: captain yeah. are you are you with us captain he's captain's with us he's with us yeah. okay
4: okay um All right, well, Tom, I mean... Where am I going? um, uh, It's up for debate.
1: Um, Uh, Anything else, Tom? Yeah. um, Okay, we have an odd thing next year where our first game, I believe, is against Indiana. That's right. And at at what point uh, does a a coach say, you know, I know I got a lot of stuff we got to do before, you know, before we can really look at the game? So when do they start really honestly looking at the game?
3: Well, I think I might have told the story one time. Uh, we had we had a team years ago that we really had difficulty against, so did everybody else in the Big Ten, and that was Illinois, Illinois defense under Lou Tepper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do remember we spent hours and hours and hours looking at Illinois defense, and it was probably February, mostly February, maybe end of March. It was before spring ball, and it was after the signing day. Signing day, of course, back then was the first Wednesday in February. So we spent several weeks just studying Illinois' defense. And then next fall, when we played them in that big showdown game, of course, we beat them, I think, 54-28. to mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of that game was won back in February uh, when we figured out, just by really doing a deep dive into Illinois' defense, we figured out, after putting a lot of time in on it, exactly what their thought process was and why it was so effective. And I think that had everything to do with us beating them that next fall. Um, I've had a chance to talk to Lou Tepper since because I worked with Lou Tepper at Buffalo, mm-hmm. one of the finest coaches I've ever known. And uh, Lou kind of laughed and chuckled and said, yeah, you guys kind of figured us out. But thankfully, Ohio State never did. And uh, they, won, they won something like eight out of 11 or eight out of 12 games against Ohio State uh, for those years. In their back in the, I guess they were mostly in the, what late eighties, early nineties? I can't recall yep. the exact. Yep. Yeah. Uh, um, so, but it was all tied into scheme, and of course, you're still going to have good players. But it yeah. was a, kind of a unique scheme, and that's the reason I bring it up is I think we'd be wise to spend a lot of extra time looking at Indiana mm-hmm. right now too. It's pretty amazing what they were able to accomplish. Uh, and you better have a plan for those those receivers. I think they're – are they both back? I think they're both I back. So. Now, well, Now,
4: do you think Phoenix is going to be healthy by – I mean, he tore his knee pretty late. Will he be healthy by next – late August?
3: Probably. Yeah, he probably, probably. will be. I guess Every he'll have close,
4: close to a year. You're right.
3: Uh, yeah, I think I, I'd worry about Phoenix being out there, uh, and, uh, and I'd worry about those receivers too because mm-hmm. – uh, you can't forget those kind of names. WAP failure. Is that, a, is that a given name, WAP? I don't, I, don't, I, don't
1: I don't know. I don't think so.
4: I don't think so. And the other one is Tri Trifogal or Ty Trifogal? Trifogal. Yeah. Tri-fogle, the, and he is good. No, you're right. They have good players. Indiana has good players and it's just an example when you get good coaching mixed in with good players just like Illinois defense with Lou Tepper they had Kevin Hardy, Simeon Rice, Dana Howard, Mill Agee they had great players back then and you mix it together with good coaching gee look what happens and that's yeah
3: very true I, I don't know how many players Indiana loses off this team this year but safe to say the culture is right in, uh, in um, Bloomington you know those players do care about their coaches uh, they've performed well for them all mm-hmm. year, and right. I, I suspect they'll do it in the bowl game too.
4: No, that'll, be a, great, that'll mm-hmm. be a real interesting season opener. And, Don, I'm sure you remember who your season opener at Iowa was against
3: back in 1979. Indiana. I know, oh, I sure do. I remember You're 20, we were up 26, to nothing, 26 nothing at the half. Yes. And um, our problem is we'd never been up by 26 <laughs> at any half. <laughs> you and we didn't really do. know what to do. And then, was it Luke Corso, the Indiana coach? Well, as a matter of fact, I like to tell the story about Lee Corso. Imagine this in pregame. Uh, I'm out toward midfield, and, and Coach Corso comes up to me as a young assistant and says, uh, hey, Coach, uh, um, I'm Lee Corso. And I said, "I said yes, Coach, I'm very well aware of who you are. And he said, where's Hayden? And I said, well, he's down there toward the end zone. You know, he's down there on, on the back part of our end of the field. And uh, he said, uh, I just wanted to catch up with him. He said, I had to make my guys come out. My guys are scared to death. And I'm thinking, why is Lee Corso telling me that Indiana's players are scared about Iowa? Uh, And it was a whole lot of nothing, of course. I didn't believe it, not a word of it. Uh Uh, I do like Lee Corso even today because he does have the gift of gab, doesn't he? He
4: does. He really does. Yep. He really he does. does, and I think I called him Lou Corso. I'm sorry about that. You're Lee, forgiven. Lee Corso. I remember sitting next to him a, at an airport, flying home from an Iowa bowl game, and very nice guy, very easy to talk to and, and what have you. So, um, but, yeah, that was I do remember that game, and that, the, that was very interesting. But Well, Don, as usual, this is fun. Do we want to do this again after the – do you want to do the uh, – I'd like to do – After the bowl I'd games? like to do it after the bowl. I'd like to at least talk to you, kind of have a season recap after the bowl games, Don. Do you want, want
3: to plan on doing that? <laughs> the, um... Let's see the semifinal games are played when Saturday maybe?
4: Is the that first. Right? The first, aren't they? Yeah, yeah on the first. first.
3: Yeah. Sure you maybe they're we played on the first?
5: Yeah.
4: And is that a Saturday? Uh yeah, I think it uh, is. Oh, the first is uh, it's, it's a,
2: Friday. Friday?
1: Okay.
3: Yeah, the first is Friday. Uh, I was thinking if you want if you wanna uh, That Monday. To look at those two teams that survived the semifinals. Yeah.
4: There we go. could do that next Monday. Yeah, let's do it's that next Monday. Doesn't
3: have to be Monday. Whatever day you guys decide. No, we can. Well, Monday's a, good. Next Monday will work, and then yeah, one, be
4: great. and then when everything's settled and we got a national champion, or whatever, then we can do a recap too. So we'll do this two more times. But no, as usual, Don. Great insight. A lot of fun. Love the stories about. <laughs> yes. Um, and um, well, you have a good New Year and New Year's in three days, right? Today's the twenty-eighth, right? Wow, amazing to think this year's finally almost over. Here. Let's rejoice.
1: <laughs> yes. No kidding.
3: That sounds good. I'll look at the uh, analytics for the two winners on this weekend and a and, uh, uh, bold prediction here. Okay. Probably going to be Alabama and Clemson, but you never know. That's why we play the games.
4: That's true, Donnie. All right, sir. Thank, thank you, you, Coach. Have a good week. Yeah, take uh, take care, right. guys. Yep. I do not think Notre Dame has a chance. Oh,
1: they just let there's always down. a chance. Like, there's always a
4: chance, but whenever they get to a stage like this, they just poop. They
1: just yeah, you know, but boy, you get a couple of uh turnovers that happen, you yeah. know, and a game can can turn on a dime. I got it you guys
4: want to hear a funny story? Now I can't name names because we're not supposed to reveal who we voted for the heisman but it doesn't speak well for KCJJ. And it's, be- <laughs> it's because of me. I couldn't get my
5: It
2: doesn't I, speak well anyway.
4: <laughs> I waited for the very last day to do my ballot for the heisman cuz uh-huh. that's just how I mo- that's just how I roll. I uh-huh. just blew it off and I punched it in and had my ballot number and I'm just meeting all the so, all the computer demands all the red tape but then they added this new thing where you had to click on something about phone call or something and I must have hit something wrong and from that point on it would not submit my ballot and I've sent a, I, it says in there if you have a if you have a problem contact this email because they had been contacting me three times a day hey you still haven't voted you still haven't voted uh-huh. it's almost like world peace hedges on the Heisman vote so so I finally send an email. I can't get this thing to work. I spent the last 20 minutes. I go, I'm not spending my day. Boom. I get a f- email right away. Pat, call me at this number. So I call, and it's one of the Deloitte guys in New York City. And and I'm like, yeah, I can't get it to work. He's like, I'll tell you what. He goes, you just give me your ballot number and a couple personal, you know, some your your name and your um, email address so we can match it and make sure you're – and I gave him that. And he's like, okay, what do you got? And I'm like – and I just kind of froze. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, my winner – um. The first place I can't remember his last name, but <laughs> <laughs> and then I s- explained it, and then okay, then and then my next two guys were more local picks and and what have you, and I'm like, you know, I know I should be there's a, a popular line of picks for this thing, but you know, I'm going thinking outside the box a little bit. So, and a, a week from now, I'll be able to explain who these were. And the guys, I like, okay, well, you know, thanks a lot, blah blah blah. And he hung up, and I got to thinking after it. I'm like, man that guy probably thinks I'm the biggest clown in the world. And, he's probably, and um, I remember I told Rob Howell that, and Rob's like, well, you know, that guy had a story to tell his friends and family over. Man, I got some clown radio guy from Iowa. Didn't even know the last name of the guy he voted first for. The, I just had a brain freeze. You know, yeah, I, happens. I, it was just kind of funny, but I could tell when I, when I hung up, I'm like, good Lord, did I just make a fool of myself. <laughs> and then I remember man, that was KCJJ, Hawk, not Hawk Fanatic. So, you know, there you go. There you go. What do you think of that? I think maybe you should have Hunter start voting for the Heisman (laughs) you know
2: I think uh, we'll leave it with you the
4: Heisman just doesn't have carries much weight with me anymore does it to you no it doesn't it's just not there's too many awards it's just not the same
1: anymore no there are too many awards and the same thing with I mean we see it with the basketball you know with Caitlin Clark and with Luca Garza, you know, they have all these watch lists and it's weekly awards and stuff. There's too much. There's just too much. It just saturates. And it loses some it, of its appeal. Some of its special No, I,
4: I, there's just too much of everything
2: yep. now. I just feel every time every time Luca misses a basket, it's five minutes from the uh, play-by-play guy and the color guy. He, I can't believe he missed the basket. <laughs> You know,
4: God. Damn. I mean, he's human.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's human.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, why don't we take a
4: little break? Yeah, I'm going to ask you. Are you confident about Tuesday?
1: I, I am. I am not confident, but I do think that we will find a way to win. I do too. But yeah, we'll talk yeah. about that when we get yeah. back.
0: You see the same people there greeting you, and they know you. I think of my cell phone. There's not a big distinction there from family to customer.
6: Deary Ford in Iowa City.
0: That kind of relationship that goes deep, taking care of you taking care of your vehicle. It's just that growing list of friends, frankly, that uh, that's kind of been the big payoff for me. The ownership experience is going to be four or five plus years. We have to be there for you.
6: Deary Ford in Iowa City. See why people choose them over and over again. Dearyford.com.
1: 1-800-800-ROSE one 800 800 rows, Your FTD florist is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. one 800 800 rows. It's so easy. Just remember one number. one 800 800 rows, Your FTD florist.
6: 1-800-800-ROSE Remember...
1: Over the years, car keys have gotten extremely complex. is ready. For over 30 years, owner Dirk Sterner has been providing affordable, top-notch taxidermy services to Eastern Iowa. Dirk Sterner Taxidermy invites you to visit their Facebook page and see some of Dirk's award-winning mounts. Call Dirk Sterner Taxidermy at 319-330-1774. 319-330-1774. Or visit them on Facebook at Dirk Sterner Taxidermy. Deer
6: season is upon us and Dirk Sterner Taxidermy is ready. Hi, this is Steve Anderson with Hawkeye Title and Settlement in Iowa City. Whether it's a crazy real estate market, record low interest rates, or the COVID-19 virus, we are living in unprecedented times. But know that my remarkable team at Hawkeye is literally working around the clock and in unique and adaptable ways to try to make every deal close smoothly and on time. We appreciate your understanding, patience, and flexibility as we power through this tough time. We're gonna get through this together
0: car won't steer call premier premier automotive in north liberty offers full service mechanical auto repair work in addition to being eastern iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair use premier for all your auto repair needs brakes oil changes air conditioning diagnostics transmissions or preventive maintenance whether you hit a deer or your car won't steer see premier automotive in north liberty Visit sales at suples.net or call 337-2246.
2: Don't let just anyone take care of your smile. At Diamond Dental, you can expect compassion, expertise, and a personalized care plan to protect your teeth for life. With more than 30 years of combined experience, Dr. Forbes and his staff are prepared to tackle even your toughest dental problems, leaving your smile healthy and sparkling. Dr. Forbes is a proud sponsor of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and the Inner Circle. Let the Diamond Dental Team provide superior care... For your entire
0: family. Hey, everybody, it's Kevin here from Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your local TV expert, and I want to tell you about Dish TV. If technology, value, and customer satisfaction are important to you, then it's time to cut the cable cord once and for all. Upgrade your TV experience and start saving with Dish today. Drop by Big Dog Satellite and Solar on Blairs Ferry Road in front of Rockwell. Call 3950800 or visit us on the web at BigDogSatellite.com. We are Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your locally operated and trusted satellite TV experts.
6: Hi, this is Bill Eichsring of the Oxyok Inn. Our doors are open again. Although the way we serve you is different, we're still here and ready to welcome you. We've learned a lot about keeping you and our staff safe. What hasn't changed is our commitment of trust to you and your family. Our Oxyoke family is ready to take care of you in our four dining rooms with the same quality of food, attention to detail, and customer service you've come to trust for the past 80 years. Those values are now more important than ever. Now serving family style breakfast Saturday and Sunday with lunch, dinner, and banquets daily. Don't forget, you can still order curbside carryout and take the comforting taste of the Oxyoke home with you to share at your family's table. Visit Axiokin.com, Instagram, or our Facebook page for menu and weekly specials. From our Axiok family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon, and we'll be glad you're here at the Axiok in the heart of Amana. The
7: Axiok
6: the
1: Herteen and Stalker Studios in the heart of the Hawkeye Nation. This is the mighty 1630 KCJJ, Iowa City.
5: Herteen and jewelers, making memories.
1: CJJ weather brought to you by the Iowa City Burger Hall on the Ped Mall.
2: We are keeping an eye on the potential for a fairly significant snow late tomorrow, tomorrow night into Wednesday morning. We're talking six or more inches possible with uh, the potential for a little rain, maybe some freezing rain by late t- Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. Stay with us for updates on that. Today, partly cloudy, 28. Tonight, down to 16. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy. Snow will develop by midday and continue late tomorrow into tomorrow night. Our high tomorrow, 32. I'm meteorologist Sean cable on the mighty 1630 KCJJ. Currently, it's 22.
1: When severe weather hits, we talk up a storm on the mighty 1630 KCJJ. Hawkfanatic.com. Thanks, Cap, for bringing us back.
2: I brought you back.
1: They brought us back significantly. (laughs) So we got a huge basketball game tomorrow night. Um, 8 o'clock again.
4: 8.07. And that bad bad weather too, right? Yes, yes. I mean, I've, I mean, if it's really bad, I may just cover it from home. As a, I mean, because yeah. you, you can zoom from home as easy as you can yeah, zoom from. A, for sure. So, how bad tomorrow night, Captain? Uh,
2: you know, I've heard six to eight. Uh, it says weather bureau says two to four in okay. the afternoon, and then uh, three to five more possible. <sighs> but you know, if the line moves. If the line moves further north, we could get a rain. It's not going to be good one way or the other. We'll get a freezing rain, snow, sleet deal going.
5: I
1: think that's worse. I'd rather have snow. Yeah, Yeah, I would too. Hello?
7: Hello. Maybe it's a good thing that some of us can't get out.
1: Maybe it is. (laughs) I know last year, every time there was a bad snowstorm,
7: we had a basketball game. And we, we managed to get over there. But when is the Heisman announced next week?
4: This coming Saturday. This Saturday, yeah. Yeah, I mistakenly said, I don't know why I said that, because I'm an idiot. I, but no, it's this coming Saturday. Is what I well, believe. see,
7: Pat, when, when you call a number, you just stick all mm-hmm. your information in front of you, and then you look smart and you don't panic and look stupid.
2: There you go. There you go.
7: But anyway, when...
2: Next year, when you're you doing it, Carl.
7: Do does it look like Luke is getting kind of bashed in there and nothing's being called? I know... Last year with, or two years ago, with Megan Gustafson, she always ended up with bruises all over, and a lot of fouls weren't called. Do they just kind of let the big guys get in there and just bash each other, or what? I'm sure
4: Iowa fans would say yes. I'm sure opposing fans would say no. I mean, that's,
1: I haven't noticed anything egregious. I haven't either. I mean, I, I mean, we, they're yeah, they're. I mean,
4: Luca brings a lot of contact himself just yes, by the he way does. he plays. I mean, so I think there is some contact. But, no, I haven't seen – Luca missed a lot of shots in that first half of that game that he said were just him well, missing. Well, yeah,
7: and nobody was bothering him either. No. No, he blamed himself. Too. He didn't
4: make any excuses. I'll give him credit for that.
7: Yeah. Okay, well, you think we'll win tomorrow? Yes. All right, we'll hold you to that. All right, we'll right. do that. All Lock- right, we'll see you guys. Don't get stuck in any snow drifts.
4: We'll try not. Watch them come out and lose by 30. All
1: right. Well, you know. uh, (laughs) They ain't going to lose by 30. No. I mean, Iowa can beat anybody they play if we are hitting. Except for Gonzaga. If we're hitting our shots, I don't think they can
4: beat Gonzaga under almost any circumstances. Did you see what they did to Virginia? Yes. Gonzaga may be. The problem with Gonzaga, they're not going to have great competition in conference play to where that may catch up to them when the tournament comes. It could. You You just never know. But they are just in a class by themselves because virginia is pretty good yes they are and i don't know what to make i did watch that i watched the um indiana illinois game boy iu was good he was good down the stretch illinois really needed that game no
1: dosumu was terrific
4: he is terrific and kofi corburn was good whatever but it was it was a good game and then what was the other game that was on right before that that i watched i watched
1: watched it too um um, god i'm just drawing a
4: blank it it was, was
1: um Ohio State, and, Northwestern. Yes. And it just felt
4: like the whole time that Ohio State was going to win that game. It sure did. And then but, the fact that Northwestern found a way to win, that's when I said to myself, man, this team is, he's got something going here. And he's got something going with players that have just gotten better. It's mostly the same players. Yeah, yeah. Other than They the took w- their lumps last year. Yep. They got the William and Mary transfer, who's very athletic. And helps him. He's the starting shooting guard. But it's mostly just the fact that Pete Nance and Boo Booey and those guys have Boo just Boo got. Boo Booey's really good. He's really good, and that the the young, the tight end or the tight end, the backup center, young Ryan Young, mm-hmm. he's really good. He's. I mean, they've just got veteran players who've gotten better, and they're confident now. They won a couple of these games, and last year they just weren't very confident.
1: No, they're going to be a problem.
4: But if Iowa plays up to its potential, we should win. We should win, or you should win. I'm not. I guess I could say we Iowa should win. To me, this is also the kind of game I could see Bohannon having a big game. I could really see him having a game because I don't think Northwesterns is um, – sometimes they tend to let shooters get loose. Jordan's had big games against Northwestern before, and it's interesting. I mean, there's a lot of talk about you know playing time with Bohannon and Toussaint, and I think they both deserve to play. Yeah. They both bring completely different assets to the team. And, I mean, there's times where I definitely want Joe in there over Jordan. But I'll tell you, for those two free throws at the end, I would have rather have had Jordan in yeah, there you bet. than Joe. And, yeah, I'm saying that with hindsight, but you know, that's all I got is hindsight. But I would put Jordan Bohannon we on the – would have won the game? I would put him on the free throw line before anyone on that team mm-hmm. to shoot two free throws you, to try to tie a game down by two with one second to go. It would be him. So, and Fran knows that. and I don't, But this narrative about, oh, you've got to bench Bohannon and move on, no, you don't have to do that. That's just, that's just panic, that's overreaction to one loss, and just relax. And I also think that Joe Toussaint needs to play 15 to 20 to 25 minutes a game, and some will depend on matchups, but you don't give up on Jordan Bohannon because no. he does have a skill set that you are going to need to win games. Mm-hmm. You just maybe need to protect him more because, yeah, he can be a liability on defense, and he does struggle to beat people with penetration. He just can't. That's just not mm-hmm. his game but I still think there are going to be times where they need his jump shooting to win his perimeter shot.
1: For sure. We, uh, yeah. And well, he's done it time after time for us Mm -hmm. and uh, he's not done doing it for us. No,
4: I don't think so. I mean, he's yes. We've acknowledged before he's got liability. He's got uh, weaknesses, liabilities Mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call them. I mean, he's not a great defender. He's not six, three. He's not super quick. But if you need someone to make two key free throws, put him on the line for me before mm-hmm. anyone. Even Garza. I mean, Lucas struggles at the free throw line at times. He does. That's one part of his game that he needs to work on.
1: So what did he end up with the other night? 32 after getting five points in the first half?
4: Um. Yes, he had. he finished with 32 and 17.
1: That's not a bad line. <laughs> no, that's not a bad line at all.
4: That is a um I mean that's just even in a defeat he's still i mean I mean he pretty much you know he's a double double about waiting to happen yeah. yeah and but they need more it's not going to be enough, no, they need more, and they need they need Bohanna to step up, they need other guys to step up
1: well, we can't have two guys in the lineup who can, aren't scoring no can't have Connor and Jordan. In there at the same time if neither of them are. Well, okay. Especially
4: when one of them is not a good defender. Uh, d- yes. I mean, that's no, exactly. that's, those are and That's why you've seen Dusant playing a lot more. Yeah. You know, so, but like I said, I'm just not ready to panic yet. I mean, it was one bad loss. Maybe Minnesota's a little better than we thought. Now, and it's not just who, I mean, yeah, they did kind of a choke at the end. They were up by 7 with less than a minute to play. But, you know, like we said, all it takes is a couple three-pointers to almost erase that, and that's what happened. Yep,
1: up by 7, 44 seconds left. Yeah, you, you need to win win that game. Mm-hmm. And they did. And we did. So, you
4: know, go from there.
1: Yep. So the way I look at it, we must win tomorrow night. And then if we can somehow find a way to win at the rack... Then that would erase losing the game at Williams Arena. I think, because I, I don't expect us to beat Rutgers, and if we could find a way to do that, that would help balance the, the ledger.
4: I agree. My buddy in Florida, well, he's visit vaca- I'm watching his two dogs, helping to watch. Uh-huh. His, he just said that his wanted to know if I was going to be able to get over there. T- I'll go over. These dogs are hilarious, and um, but I want to get over there today because I may not be able to get over there tomorrow if the weather's really That's bad. True. So I'm going to go over there. Hello? Hello? Hello, you're on. You're on. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, I just wanted to make a, a stupid little comment. But, okay. Uh, are we uh are we better at playing a hundred point game or are we better playing
5: defensive game?
1: That's it. I'll let you guys go. Hey, um, buddy. I
4: think it depends on the opponent. Yeah. In the circumstance, I mean...
1: Our team is pro- is engineered more for a higher-scoring, faster pace. But it can lose. I mean, game, m- remember but... what
4: it did at Michigan last year. Uh-huh. Scored, what, 90 and lost? I mean... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Iowa's never going to be known as a defensive team. They're just not. They don't have the personnel. They're not physically quick enough to play breakdown defense at all five spots. So I would say they're probably better off in a high-scoring game, but the risk with that, then, is a really good team could maybe... I mean, you saw what Gonzaga did in yes. the high-scoring game. They shredded them. Yeah. They're like, okay, you want to run? Sure. You try to keep up with Jalen Suggs. You know, that's that's the risk well, of that. we couldn't. We yeah, couldn't. And, and no, neither can anybody else. No, that's the risk in doing that. So I think there's got to be some balance in that. I mean...
1: Well, we showed some against Purdue. Held them to 55. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I felt great after that game because it showed that, yes, we could play in a half-court game.
4: And then maybe it's a case where... Don't overreact to the success from Purdue and don't overreact to the lack of success against mm-hmm. Minnesota. Just keep staying the course and just hope that they can figure these things out. That's that's kind of where I am.
1: Because yeah. every night, I mean, we could lose. I mean, people have to understand that. Mm-hmm. And that included Minnesota, obviously. Oh,
4: yeah, without question. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. I mean, these games are, other than maybe Nebraska and maybe Penn State.
1: I would say those are the two weakest weakest team
4: other than that you better be ready to play or you're yep. gonna lose that's just what yep. this big Ten's all about and that's what fran's message is every day to these guys i don't fran's not panicking there's just no reason to panic yet i just it's just it's way too early
1: yeah way too early so
4: what do you think you Captain? know
1: that iso's not panicking
4: he's no he's not but he's pissed they're owen yeah. too tom iso's not used to being owen too he ain't liking this Captain, you're being awfully quiet. What's I'm up? I'm just listening. You're just taking it all in? I'm
2: sucking it all in. Just sucking it all
4: in. Like the Captain Sponge. Yeah. Cutting edge analysis. People break...
2: in the chat room. Yeah, we know about that. Know about what? We, we do the news.
4: <laughs> what are they talking about?
2: Chris Street's uh, grave sign. Yeah.
4: Oh, yes. That, yeah. Who are yeah. they? You know, why would somebody, why do, would that? somebody do that?
2: Because they're. Dicks. Yeah. Dicks, SOBs.
4: I mean, I. Did they just do it to his? they've been doing it i mean gee hey i mean this isn't
2: this isn't new let's go they've been yeah they've been doing it and they do i mean i'm surprised that places like
4: that don't have video
2: cameras his is not the only grave site that's you know i mean people do that but aren't you surprised
4: there's maybe not more video cameras in those to to catch that stuff or i know there are big areas and what have you but yeah i don't know when it's dark at night and what a way to get your jollies stupid
1: yeah,
4: really stupid. It. So is that that they want us to we just we just addressed it. Yeah. Well, are they, I are mean, they, happy they the wanted to know if we knew about it. Yes, we knew yes, about we, it. And I just did not
2: We had it on the uh, our Facebook and our I just did not thought to mention it on our so newscasts.
4: We or, just addressed it and yeah. it's idiot people doing it and it's I feel bad for the streets and hopefully they'll catch these people and I'm sure that's a pretty hefty fine, isn't it?
2: I would think if so. If they catch that's, the people. What
4: is that? Trespassing, destruction of I'll, it's a thousand dollar fine or yeah, something I mean, like
2: that. But I mean, if they catch them, yeah, if they catch,
4: yeah. I mean, yeah. like I said, without video camera, it's gonna. And now that it's probably new, my guess is they'll probably maybe be a little more careful now. Now that they know this thing, is Jewish cemeteries
2: have started putting cameras in because since, for some reason, since the last four years, uh, vandalism is up there like five hundred percent. Huh. In the last four years, for some
1: reason, I wonder why that would have happened in, in the last four years. Don't know, but yeah. anyway, yeah. <laughs> Let's not crawl down that rabbit hole, Cap. <laughs> so uh, sorry, I was distracted.
4: I actually was doing what you guys do often. I'm I have I'm having a text for somebody. But I I'll, I'll I'll, have my phone. I've been, I've been sexting. I'll be funny. wait. I'll wait and answer him yeah. after the. I've
2: been sexting Hunter. Yeah. Oh.
4: <laughs> There went lunch, (laughs) dinner, (laughs) yesterday's breakfast. Maybe a reason to
2: live. (laughs) (laughs) There is no reason. We were talking about uh, Aunt B this morning. What was she? And how mean she was. She was mean to Andy, and
4: she regretted it late in life. Yeah, she was mean. She was high maintenance. Yeah, kind of a. Can we say the B? I can we say the B word? Yeah, she was a bitch. She was a bitch. Yeah. And Andy tried to. What was your
2: last
1: Bavier? Francis Bavier.
4: Yeah. Andy tried to. Reach out to her and, and develop some type of bond, and she just wanted nothing to do with anybody on the set. It sounds yeah. like, but then they boy those cameras on, then she becomes sweet old. Although she could be a bitch on that show some.
1: I wanted. I still want to eat some of Clara's pickles, not bees, but no, Clara's. not bees,
4: no Clara's. Yeah, I, but I remember when. Remember when Mr. Rigsby was running the still, and they were going to move him off his land, and Aunt <laughs> yeah. Bee went nuts and started just. Andy should have said, listen, you hag, you're living here for free. We can send you back up to Raleigh in a second if you don't like it here. You know, I thought she, got, she started feeling her oats a little bit.
2: Jesus. Hey, you brought it up. You did bring uh, it up. It's your fault. I, 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 mean, I haven't brought up
4: Andy It's all Griffin. my fault. I haven't brought up. G- When's the last time I brought up Gigi Allen? You brought up poop earlier. But, I mean, that doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean I'm bringing up G- When's the last time watched. I brought up Right Boy Rick? Been a just, while.
1: I guess just now. Just now, last been a week while. probably. Yeah, I don't know. Has, has there been a wrestling schedule released uh, yet? Not, not
4: that I know. Of. I've been keep telling this. I've been keep being told the season's going to start sometime in January. When do they start practice?
1: Oh, I assume they've been. <laughs> I assume,
4: yeah. but I don't. There's just been nothing. I've heard nothing, and huh. I haven't really even the people that cover wrestling very extensively. I haven't seen anything. I'll probably reach out to Brewer this week and see exactly the time frame for when the season's going to start and what have you. I'm assuming it's all systems go for for now. I sure hope it is cuz I think they're going to roll to the title again. I think Spencer Lee's going to win another title and and I think they're built to win.
1: Mhm. Uh Donnie was talking about hopefully that they can have the the football team can have uh, spring practice like normal. My guess is it's probably going to look more like prep for this fall was. I agree. I don't, because we're not going
4: to have vaccines all out by <laughs> I, I March. I do so. uh-huh. just not going to be, I just don't think vaccines will be accessible enough to say things are going to be normal. I do still think people will be wearing masks and what have you. It's going to be interesting to see how long people continue to wear masks once things do start to open up again.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm going to wear them just for, through like the, at least next fall. I think that's safe because you got to. Yeah, In order for herd immunity, it's got to be 75% or better. Mm-hmm.
4: <clears throat> so, yeah, I'm guessing... Why well,
2: take, you know, take a chance?
4: I mean, I'm thinking we could see fans packing into stadiums again, but maybe half of them wearing masks.
1: Oh, I, I think I would probably be wearing a mask if... Well, I'm planning on going to Kinnick in the fall unless it's like it is now.
4: Captain, are you planning on going? Yes. So who will you sit with now that Bud's not with you? I don't know. Uh, You've got to find uh, a friend. Well... Tommy, have Tommy be your friend. I don't need Tommy as a friend. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, Sugar you know, Ray. How about Sugar Ray? Why don't hard, you and Sugar Ray work something out? It's a hard concept for me to think of going there without Bud. Yeah, before. no, that would be tough. So, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not registering. I want to go to Kinnick in the fall. Uh, I really uh, miss that, but yeah. a part of i've always said this part of the fun of going there was sitting next to bud oh sure because i uh, bet you know he just he just made it it just was you know amplified the game sitting next to him
4: how long's bud been gone not,
2: nine months not, nine months yeah nine months so and he, he would just fight with you know he he'd put the security in their place He'd be yelling at the guy in the about red hat 10, ten months, maybe. Uh-huh.
4: Blaming the press citizen. Yeah. <laughs> he was, <laughs> hey, Hardy, you're the reason that paper's going down the crapper. That's what he said to me yeah, he, he, and, I, and I'm like, no, bud. He we, would
2: call up bitching about you, and I'd say, well, then I'll just fire him. And he'd go, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. And I, that's when he was bitching pe- about stuff that goes, I was pe- writing in the pe- pe- press citizen. Yeah, people like He would say, people like him, you know.
4: But I remember saying, no, Bud, the press citizen may be going in the crapper, but I'm not the sole reason for that. I mean, that, I mean,
1: that was um, the
4: economy and everything else.
1: Well, I'm glad Bud didn't have to deal with this he pandemic. Would he light, would not have enjoyed it. No.
4: No, you're right. My dad would not have enjoyed this.
1: No. And I mean the,
2: the most uh, just.
4: When we had that terrible
2: storm and everybody had to evacuate down in the, the concourse, mm-hmm. he wouldn't. And I went down and I I told, you know, he said, "I've never left a, uh, a Kinnick game before the game was over, and there's lightning and everything." I went down and I told Carol, and Carol just said, "Yeah, well, can't do anything about him. <laughs> just leave him up there." She goes. And so. luckily,
1: he did not get struck by lightning. No, he, he
4: did not get struck by lightning. I do remember that game. That was at Tennessee Tech.
1: It was Tennessee Tech, but I was not at that game. Where were, we were you? At, yeah. uh, Taking Molly to uh, school, to uh, Knox.
4: Oh, her freshman year? hmm Yeah. It was just, it just made her.
2: it so much fun. It just, uh, it's hard for me to think of Of it, but I do want to go. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll go with Tommy or. I, sh- I think you should I've go with Tommy kid. and Sugar Ray. How a, about Tommy
4: uh, and Sugar Ray, the
2: three of them? Maybe Jan.
1: You and Jan can get tickets.
2: Jan likes to go to the opening ones and then. Um, maybe uh, uh,
4: stabby No, I just think it should be you, Tommy, and Sugar Ray. And then we could have Ray's the, the theme song from Courtship of Eddie's. Do, 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 do. That could be like yeah, showing. You the know,
1: surf- I could go as an adult on my own, too.
4: Yeah, but we don't want to do that. The three of you walking together, you know. And-
1: Going by yourself isn't as much fun, though. No. It really isn't.
4: That would be like going to a movie theater by yourself. Do you ever do that? Yes. See, I've never done that. I'm not knocking ones who do it, but I just Mm-mm, couldn't do that. I've never. I've never gone to a movie theater. There was some
2: there. movie I wanted The Jan was gone, and I wanted to see some movie. And
4: yeah. I was going to say, a nasty, uh, what movie was it?
2: Uh, some porn. Oh, was I was going to say Deep Throat. <laughs> no. No.
4: <laughs> well, you said that's one of your all-time favorite <laughs> movies. You told me that. <laughs> was, uh, I
2: never, t- I wasn't allowed to go to that. Well, I was allowed to go to that. You
4: were like in your twenties when it came I, out.
2: I know, and everybody was going to that from the station, and uh, I, I said to Jan, "Oh, uh, okay. can I can Jan I then. go to that?" And Jan said, "Yeah, sure, but I'd be disappointed in you." <laughs> Ooh, just.
4: Would Anna said the same thing? <laughs> Had you
2: asked?
1: her? do no.
4: Did you go see it at I the theater? I don't think
1: she would particularly care. Huh? You guys
4: were like in your early 20s. Didn't it come out in yeah. like 72, 73? Yeah,
2: it was like it, 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 it had to be 23 or 4. It had to be 73
4: cuz that's Did you see when it? The, did either one of you see it at the theater? No.
2: No. I've never seen it. I don't it. think
4: so. But you did see The Exorcist at the theater? Yes. No. Saw it on TV. I remember people telling me that when they left the theater after The Exorcist that they were scared to death and I watched the I thing, thing and just like Actually, it.
1: I saw a Deep Throat at um, the Bijou. Okay,
4: the, I thought that The Exorcist was stupid. Well, when she puked and I'd laughed, I mean it was like I, a, it the was whole
2: like thing, the special effects. She couldn't decide if good. she was
4: Joe Cocker or Jim Morrison.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah, you know what was the big deal? They did an th- th- exercise
4: Jim
1: Morrison. You no, know, I mean Jim Morrison. I thought it was a- troubling. The movie was troubling. I, I was. Seriously, a little bit scared by it, yeah.
2: Oh, I knew I, people
4: that were petrified. It said it made them closer to God and, you know, made them believe in God. I
1: just thought it, it was just... I mean, her head spinning all the way around bothered me. Yeah,
2: I, I, I don't know. I. But just, your head can't spin all the well, way around.
1: D- d- yes, and that's why.
2: Well, I mean... <laughs> that's. But that's what I looked at and I go, this is... The head spinning and, you know... And uh, you know, See, I doctor, didn't like, like that. I've...
4: How about when she came out to the party and peed?
2: Yeah, it was like sooner count the money. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was like a Gavin thing. <laughs> no, I just, <laughs> I just thought it was. I, I'm sorry, I couldn't get into well, it. Enough. I couldn't get frightened. I don't believe. I don't believe in the devil and that stuff. I believe in God. But well, I, I believe that... So there's only good news then. So no don't you almost no, have, if you
1: believe in evil. God, don't you
4: almost have to believe in the devil? No. That kind of, no, it's not like Batman
2: and, you know, whatever. No, I don't. No, I believe in God and I believe people can be evil. And sometimes they get elected. But <laughs> for I, four years. But, <laughs> but you but don't think no.
4: there's some burning oven down there waiting for you if you're a sinner?
2: You know, I don't know. Maybe you just don't go... I don't know. I mean, I believe in God, but I don't know what's after this, or if anything's after Maybe
1: this. Maybe you're in a continual
2: pandemic. Maybe I, you know, I pass on, and they go, "Hey, I, you're dead and everything, but you got to come alive at three o'clock every
4: morning, <laughs> and you're going to be doing and a your, show with Linda she, Blair.
2: Yeah, and your shift runs till five at night, <laughs> and it'll have Linda
4: Blair will be on there with you for
2: <laughs> one continual auction, and nobody calls. <laughs>
4: because I think the exorcist came out right about the same time as deep throat if I remember 72 73 yeah, probably I think yeah. so I, mean, I just
2: never was I, it just movies it went too far with me with the special
1: effects How
4: about the um, Amityville Horror with James Burrow? remember like when the, the did that one scare you Rod Steiger remember stuff
1: the, like that bothers
2: me Get out Is that the one where get the kid out. Is, where the what's the one where the kids on the TV
4: that's Poltergeist. poltergeist. Okay. No, the the one I'm talking about is where the house, Rod Sterling's, uh, not Rod, Rod Steiger yeah. is the um, priest, and he comes over to the house, and the house is, you know, the devil says, hey, we don't get out of here. We have no interest in you. Yeah, here.
2: I just... That's no. one.
4: And then, remember, he had all the bugs showed up at the window, and it was just wasn't that supposed to be true the well,
2: yeah, based heather on or, truth. when heather orourke went into that sony tv you were you, had,
4: you were envious cuz you said, would love to be that close listen,
2: to listen i said very seriously we had a magnavox and I, I looked at that tv and i go i want that tv <laughs> now that's watching tv and we went and got that tv yeah. like a week later <laughs> no the best thing really about, cool TV
4: I thought the best thing about Poltergeist now I know I'm gonna was Joe Beth Williams I had a yeah. huge crush on her yeah but yeah. that, that would that would have been what 1983 84 I was just out of high school yeah that's what I remember the most about that movie and didn't they build the house on a cemetery right yes and that was the, the premise of the whole thing I thought was?
2: it was about a chicken farm and it was guys. <laughs>
4: <laughs> there you go but um, I don't know how we drifted off onto
1: this thing. But
4: let's see. Any other um, the Iowa women? Um,
1: they play. Uh, C. Vivian Stringer brings her team in on the thirtieth. On
4: the thirtieth, yes. And um, I oh no, oh, on uh, New, Year's New Year's Eve. Eve. Yes, yeah. I'm thinking I may go to that. And um, go ahead, caller. Hey.
2: Hello. Hey, uh, watch the movie Bugs.
4: Bugs.
5: Bugs. B-U-G-F, it, Bugs.
1: What's it about? What? I, I, I have a guess. <laughs> it's about Bugs.
4: Have you seen it? <laughs> no. What would you watch first, White Boy Rick or Bugs?
2: <laughs> White Boy Rick. <laughs> no, yeah, probably. A movie about Bugs. It
4: could be something really good. Did you guys like Fly with Jeff Goldblum? I thought that, that was, was ridiculous. Uh, yeah, no. I made it to about half of this thing. Yeah, I'm like, I, thought
2: that, I thought the first one with Vincent Price was stupid, too.
4: Yeah, I never saw that one. Yeah,
2: was... I, oh, I, I saw it a number I'll of times. I believe in the devil when the phone line at KGYM rings. <laughs>
4: and who will be on the other line? The devil?
1: <laughs> Why don't you guys? Karras? Ever... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. Uh, I just had to get that
4: in me. No, I know you did. I know you did. But, um, but no, I think when um, I'll reach out to Adam, too. Hopefully, we can get him on Wednesday's show to talk about the game. But, yeah, I think they're going to win. And if they, lose, it's gonna be, if they lose, it's going to be – if they lose, it's going to be – It's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly. And I still think it's a little bit of an overreaction. But I think if they lose, it's obvious they were overrated. Can we agree I, on that?
1: I, I, I would agree with that. And Hello, then, well, you've never heard of me talking on uh, the No, final you're, right. no or, you're right. Hello? Has Belima uh, hired anybody yet that
4: you know of? No, I haven't been paying a lot of attention, but I haven't heard anything. I'm curious to see if he's to – me, it would be interesting to see if he goes after like Abdul Hodge, who's up at South Dakota. I mean, Brett mm-hmm. recruited Abdul. If I was Brett, I'd go after Abdul Hodge and make him my linebacker coach. That's just me. Well, I so be interesting would be if a this. good
5: offensive coordinator.
4: Um, I You know, I don't know. I I mean, it'll be interesting to see if he tries to reach out to Jerry Montgomery. I I mean, Jerry's got a lot of coaching experience. There's a lot of candidates out there. it be interesting to see if he tries to tap into his Hawkeye connection. Hawkeye thanks. roots.
1: Yep. Hey, thanks for the call. I he's, mean, he'll use all available avenues. I'm sure. not convinced
4: he's going to get it done there, but he'll go down swinging, and he'll go down thinking outside the box, and he'll – He'll at least make them interesting. He may not make them a power or a contender, but he'll make them interesting. Don't you agree?
1: Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely going to do, uh, I think, we will do better than Lovey did.
4: I think so, too. Yeah, I, and I'll reach out to them.
1: Lovey Le- was fairly close. I'll
4: reach out to them here in the next couple of months about getting Brett on, maybe this spring. I, I mean, right now, obviously, it's a little soon, but... Because I think listeners would like to hear from him. I think my guess is there's probably some Iowa fans that are like, eh, I'm not crazy about
5: this.
2: My, you know, Levy went through crap with the Illinois budget was all screwed up, and mm-hmm. I mean for a no, that did not help. Half of his half of his tenure there.
4: lovey's problem, though, is he just did not recruit Chicago well enough. It just well, that's been Illinois. That's problem been Illinois' problem, and yeah. I think Brett will address that. You saw the first thing Brett did when he got the job. He got on some conference and called high school coaches throughout Illinois and said, Hey, I'm coming. We, you guys are priority number one. And that's what you need to do. That's what Tayden did here. That's what Barry Alvarez did at Wisconsin. That's what you need to do in States like this. Now it's a little more complicated for Iowa because they've got Iowa state and Illinois has Northwestern. I mean, Barry has Wisconsin. That's it. It makes mm-hmm. it a lot easier. Same with Minnesota. Same with Nebraska. Those States that only have no, that don't have any other competition. Don't realize how easy they have it in state and Iowa. It's getting harder and harder because Iowa State's a player now. You saw that running back decommitted from Boise State. Mm-hmm. He's basically down to Iowa and Iowa State.
1: Isn't that interesting?
4: Yeah, that's interesting. Eli Wilson, is that it? Or Eli? Not Wilson, but it's Eli. Eli... Am I getting it mixed up with the, the quarterback from BYU?
1: Oh, I can't think of.
4: But it's, it sounds like it's a two-horse race between Iowa and Iowa State for him.
1: Eli Young, I can't remember. I can't
4: remember either. But he just decommitted from Boise State, I think, yesterday or the day before. And that is because it looks like he wants to decide between Iowa and Iowa State. Hasn't been a lot of recruiting stuff going on. There's no, there sure has. There's not been much at all.
1: And he's going to come and just do a tour himself because he can't. He it's can't a do anything, else, which is unfortunate. It, it is. So that's
4: where I'm. I'm all for the all the safety and whatever. But man, I, you'd like to think there'd be a way you could do it with safety and let a kid at least have some type of structured
1: visit. You'd think so. But Hello. What do I know? Eli's okay i liked it eli
4: who sings that three dog dog night night. i liked it you gave him you gave him a you gave him a rim shot what do you think of that captain Uh, i I don't think you were that impressed not really not really that impressed no i'm I'm not
2: impressed with that caller
4: how about three dog night
2: sick of that caller one of his friends called up and said he's goofy and we're supposed to be nice to him but
4: but you're not going to be nice to him. But you, you, actually, him you actually, you might <laughs> you might not only be not nice to him, you might be mean just, to him.
2: Well, it just—he's a pain. I thought it was funny, though. Okay, well.
4: And you're, you're, then when he
2: calls 14 times tomorrow, you can answer the phone. Oh,
4: no, just he calls frequently. I don't know how to work yeah. the.
2: <laughs> you press a button. <laughs> I don't know how to work. I don't know which. No, button. that's my deal. When people call up for the auction. I don't, you know, I, I don't know. Well, how you to, think you're
1: the only one who can play that game? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, how this thing works. There's a reason I haven't <laughs> learned how to DJ. Me too.
4: Because it's not as easy as it looks, right?
1: Uh, no.
2: Yeah, it, it really is. <laughs> I could get a, seriously, I could get a parrot in here. And teach it to use its paw or hit a button (laughs) its (laughs) beak at the mouse. Yeah. Yeah. I could put seed. So how would a parrot handle all the calls? I could tape seed on the button. But a parrot wouldn't
4: be able to handle all the calls. When the parrot
2: parrot hits, yeah, if there's a seed on the button, the parrot could hit it. So what does the parrot do during
4: moments of awkward silence with your menu guy? I mean, Uh, how does the parrot handle that? Hangs up. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Like a little shoot. Oh no, he
1: could totally answer the phone.
2: Yeah, he could. Yeah, and he could hit the mouse. And he could
1: say, "Okay, you're on."
2: All I have to do is tape this mouse to the counter and put a seat on it, and uh, that parrot is on the air, (laughs) and not bitching, and doesn't want a day off, no health and nothing. The the parrot's Would he stay in
1: do You think?
4: (laughs) What would you do if you turn on and the parrots playing like Led Zeppelin too?
2: (laughs) Whatever the parrot wants. I, you, you, know, gotta, I, you gotta cut the parents some slack, right, guys. I woke up today early. I, I
4: turned you guys on at s- about six thirty this morning. And what did I? What was I greeted with? News. Der Commissar. Oh. Don't turn around. <laughs> no, the Kommissar! Did you turn it off immediately? Immediately. That, that's yeah. a good song. It's and a then I yeah. reminded myself of what music is not played here, and I just said, "Okay, I'll Hello. be here in about hey. two and a half hours." Hello. I'm feeling kind of saucy today. Can you play Hair by the Cow Sills? No. No, not even any consideration. But you can no. play Der Commissar by who?
2: who yeah, sings? by uh, After the Fire.
4: That's the name of the band. After the Fire. Yeah. Okay.
2: That's a great song. Oh, big hit. Big hit. Head. Bigger and- hit. Uh, than Falco's version. Okay, but um, oh, who got hit by a bus. You Falco's, light up my life Did you know interesting. That?
4: You light up my life by Debbie Boone was a big hit. Big hit does not establish greatness. It's, rock you know, it's, a, rock oriented. Oriented,
2: it's a rock oriented big hit. It whereas- sure doesn't. It does
4: not. It yeah. does not deem greatness. Falls
2: the- within our format. 80s, 90s, and no Debbie Boone. That's that's our <laughs> But format. I just
4: 630, you, you know, you get, I was hoping maybe you yeah, and Hunter man, were man, deeply man, engaged man, in some type of discussion. I wanted to be educated,
1: well, and you're it not was not going to be. Don't turn on the You station. wanted to be entertained. I wanted to be entertained, yeah, That's what
4: the parrot would be and here was for. Dear it freaking The parrot would show fire.
2: you that you underestimate the brains and birds.
4: Don't turn around. Uh, is that the words?
1: More yeah. Now. Hello. You see where Rocky Lombardi's going to Northern Illinois? I did, I did see, see, that. see
4: that. I yes. did see that. Hopefully that works for him. You yeah. know, he's going down a level, and hopefully he must be pretty confident that there's an opportunity for him to play there. I don't think he'd be going there. So, yeah, no, thanks for reminding yeah. us of that. Yeah, I did see that. Good luck to him.
5: Yeah. Yep. Feel
4: bad for him. He had a rough year, man. I mean, think about it. One week he's throwing for almost 400 against Michigan. Next week he's getting destroyed at Iowa. It was just yeah. so up and down for him. Their are programming. I think they want to get their own people in there, and I get it.
1: Hopefully it works out for him. Yeah, Michigan State was not good this year.
4: No, they were very inconsistent. That times they were good, but more times than not, when they were bad, they were really bad.
1: Like against Iowa. Yeah, they were. Ter- that
4: was just, that was just terrible. And he was terrible. Rocky was yes, not good he was. that day. No, he was. And he was good. hurt too. Yeah, he was. I mean, but nah, I mean, Iowa could have played them ten times this year, and it, I, we would have win they, them all. They were just a better team. Yeah. Michigan State's got some major rebuild in front of them. They sh- well, Michigan they and Michigan State both do in some ways. Think mm-hmm, about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Michigan's not very good right now either. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, like I said, I will try to get – I'll talk to Adam about – because I really would like to get his input, win or lose, after Wednesday's, or after Tuesday night's game. And tomorrow night, 8.07, uh, is it FS1? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I hate the 8.07 tip. I, I just – but what do you do? I mean, you can bitch <laughs> and moan about it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs>
5: God, listen. All
4: right. All right, people, listeners. Just see if you can understand what I'm talking about.
1: All right, hawkfanatic.com. Check it out. It's free. Molly Suter is next.